Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far, I'd have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? High drive. Left field. It is out of here. This is a simple game. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. You catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 75 of The Roundtable. It's our diamond anniversary for people that talk about all things on the diamond. Right? Right, guys? Uh, I'm Grant Brisby. I'm here with... Andy McCullough and Mark Craig, uh, Andy, you're shaking your head. You go. No, man. I'm just, uh, we got to figure out what we're wagering for next week. Let's talk baseball before football. But yeah, that's a good teaser because the, the Eagles are playing the, the Niners and it's a big scary game. I'm not scared. Mark, what's up? <laughs> I'm annoyed that the Vikings didn't throw to that tight end the entire first freaking half yesterday <laughs> because it cost me a parlay. Okay. Like, 12 yards short, 12 yards short. It's like the first time ever that dude didn't catch a ball in the first half. He does it once, and we're making some money. Oh, man. Folks, you won't get more ethical coverage than you will at The Athletic. (laughs) That's brutal. I had a similar loss where I put a bunch on Blake Snell being unanimous Cy Young, and Logan Webb uh, got a a vote, you know? so (sighs) The worst. Anyway, <laughs> worse. All right, let's talk baseball. There's a, I wouldn't say the stove's super hot right now. I'd say it's like a lukewarm, you know, you can, you can get a simmer going. It goes on. Yeah, you know, it's like you can get, like you're putting the, that, that mulling spices on. Like, you know, you're not boiling water, you're just kind of simmering. Um, the Cardinals are doing things. I guess we can start with the Cardinals. Um, they have spent a fair chunk of money to uh, get starting pitchers. Are you scared of their rotation now? Anyone? No, I'm not scared of anything, Grant, except for dying. Uh, look, I mean, I think that getting Sonny Gray at that price point and that length of a deal, it's hard to dislike it, right? I think probably – I don't want to speak for the pod, but I think – I feel like we probably all favor shorter contracts with higher AAV over longer contracts that spread it out, I think, because we all know what happens to free agents as uh, they tend to get worse and often fall off cliffs and things like that because they're older players. So getting Sonny Gray, even if it's theoretically post-peak for what is age 34, age 35, and age 36 seasons, right, like when he's been pretty good since he left the Yankees in 2018 for three – you know. 
that feels like a good, a better deal than getting him for six years, um, just because the downside risk is so much less significant. You know, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, it's kind of like, all right, I get it. You know, you need humans to throw baseballs uh, to the catcher. And, you know, Lance Lynn, I would bet on him you know, probably being better than he was last year. And I think Kyle Gibson's a perfectly fine back-end star, but it doesn't really, like, it's really about, like, Sonny Gray and then, you know, whether or not I guess there's a little bit of dead cat bounce with Lance Lynn, although the idea of me saying to his face that he's a dead cat bouncing seems funny. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I tried to place a bet that Sonny Gray's contract would be the best of the offseason. My bookie said that there's, like, no real way to measure that. <laughs> And so he wouldn't let me, but I still think that's Mark's dying. You got to watch this on YouTube sometimes. Um, uh, but seriously, I think that's going to be the best like contract of the offseason, perhaps. Like you're going to look, the dust is going to sail, and you're going to look and go, what was that all about? Like great move, great move, great move. Kyle Gibson, the signing surprised me because he's been on the Cardinals for the last like eight years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not actually on the Cardinals, but in spirit, what right. a Cardinals ass pitcher is Kyle Gibson. Yes. I mean, just like yes. through and through. You know, Lance Lynn would have been, but he was actually on the Cardinals. Right. You knew him from another life when his name was Jason Marquis. <laughs> He's just straight up Kyle Loesch. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I do think that you need bodies, but you're, you're filling it out with Steven Matz and then uh, whoever you can get up from the minors. And you're talking the ages uh, starting next year. 34, 35, 36, 36, turning 33 in the middle of the season, you're going to need some help from the minors. And, you know, they're, they're maybe going to need it more than, I don't know. Like, I don't know if uh, Matthew Libertori's, you know, he's got an option, so I guess they'll, they'll figure that part out. But I don't know. It, it seems super risky and maybe not enough in the collective, in the aggregate. Remember when it was just the first two guys? It, like it was Lance <laughs> Lynn first, and then Gibson second. Funny, and, and right, like, and, and so Grant just shared a bit of our like internal podcast chat because then we we're just like, when is John Tudor showing up? Right, like, let's just call all, let's round up the old gang. Ken Forsh, right? come yeah, on, baby, say, let's get Ken. Did Forsh. you use Forsh? I think you did. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So classic Cardinal. I look at the Sonny Gray signing, and I think that's a really interesting one because. Yeah, like to Andy's point, right? You'd think that other teams would have been super interested in something like that. But remember, and this is not a knock on the guy, all right? But I think with a guy like Sonny Gray, with the experience that he had in a place like New York, like, you know, being mindful of the market that you're signing up for is going to matter. And, and I feel like, you know, again, I don't, it's almost unfair to base all of these assumptions on like a rough run in New York. In retrospect, and you know, there have been bits and pieces that have come out about this. Like, yeah, it was a struggle in that market. And so going to St. Louis, right? Like, and again, those people are, want winners and whatever. Like, and they've been, I said this a, lot, a couple of weeks the best ago, fans right? in baseball. There, there you go. There it is. So they lost 90 games for the first time in like 30 years or whatever. Like, they obviously have high standards there, but it is also a market that, you know, isn't usually eviscerating their players when they struggle. And I think that matters some. Was Sonny Gray's issues in New York market-based? I thought that was like dealing with the pitching program. No, I mean, I think it was market-based partly too. All right. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's, again, and I, I hate saying that because it like, you know, it's not a judgment on a guy, but these are human beings and individuals are individuals. And like, and, and some folks just 
you know, it doesn't fit, right? And in that particular case, I think it was sort of the market. Like, you know, the person who says this a lot, CC Sabathia, right? And he's a pretty self-aware guy, right? And like, and he knew what he was signing up for. And I think he thrived there because he knew that, you know, it was a personality type that could handle some of that stuff. And that's not to say that Sonny Gray's lesser or whatever. He's just different. It's a different dude. Like how many Yankees people or pitchers have signed their struggle, leave there, and they're back to what they were? Right. And I think like, you know, you'd be you'd have to be foolish not to think about that experience when remember, like free agency for these players is a big deal because they get to choose. Right. Like like it, it's it, and that's a big deal. So I wonder, right, if St. Louis sort of had an edge in that regard for, hey, this is a place where I could see myself. Fitting Probably. In. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it, it's a four or five hour drive from where he grew up, you know, and went to college outside of Nashville, you know, all that stuff. Like and the money helps. He got it's a the, good deal. Yeah, he's getting, and 25, he's getting paid. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. I think for the Cardinals, like though, like, OK, so what you bank on. Let's say, yeah, let's, you know, be fair, 160 innings from Sonny Gray next year, right? Because uh, he has dealt with some health stuff, you know, minor-ish stuff in the recent years. Is 300 innings from Lynn and Gibson going to be all that different from, you know, the 300 accumulated innings they were getting from, you know, it, it has to be better than what Adam Wainwright did this year. But, like, I don't know. I think I would feel a little bit, if I were a Cardinals fan and I was, you know, having a slice of pizza with Provel on it after an appetizer of mozzarella sticks called uh, toasted ravioli, I would wonder why they jumped so quickly on guys that look more like backfilling, I guess, you know, bulk, you know, 10 million for Kyle Gibson. I mean, he had a, like a five the last two years. I would be curious to know if they're, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, they can still add more pitchers, but you would like guys with maybe a, a little bit less assuredness and maybe like, I'd rather spend that 10 million on a guy who might turn into like, you know, Alex Cobb or something like that. You know what I mean? Like Lucas Giolito, like you have like a ceiling. There. Yeah. I mean, right. You can't just say like, you know, who's the guy? Oh, well, they should go get Jack Flaherty. No, like, Louis that's Severino. Not, that's you know? not a fit, you know, but like, I don't know, like the, the downside risk with Severino is he, pitches five games and is terrible right uh whereas like you're just kind of locking in 400 you know 200 to 300 innings of like four and a half era baseball eh, i don't know how crazy i am about that i will say that there is a, a cardinals fan right now who's still steaming uh that i pronounced uh matthew liberator's name Liberator. wrong uh yeah yeah and also the idea that they're counting on him when he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit uh they're maybe counting on tink hence and i bring that up just because i want to say his name tink hence it's an all-time great baseball name, but he's 21, and he, he just had a cup of coffee in Double uh, A last year. So I don't think they have that upper level. Like, oh, well, we can just mix and match all day long if one of these guys goes down. I, I I'm not seeing that. Maybe I'm missing something. I'm not a Cardinals expert, but yeah, it's it, you're locking yourself in for banality, right? And just given like how far away they looked last year, right, and how kind of locked in the position player core is. Look, on the one hand, right, they have like solutions as it were right they, they can be more targeted or whatever they don't have to worry about backfilling but if it finishes with these three as you know rounding out the rotation i think you feel pretty good about gray as long as he stays healthy and then sort of like okay we really need miles michaelis to be better 
right? Like we really need Steven Matz to pitch like a four and not like a seven, right? Like it's, you know, uh, and then, you know, the position player talent is there, obviously, uh, right? has demonstrated flashes of being there. But yeah, I it feels like almost anticlimactic in some ways, given how much we knew they needed guys who miss, missed bats. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think we said it at the time as a group. Remember that? Like, hey, we should get dudes that miss bats. Well, good luck, because the other 29 are chasing the same thing. <laughs> right, right. Okay, like, welcome to the party. The other 28, the A's are chasing whatever. All right? So, like, you know, <laughs> the problem was always going to be the scarcity of that. There's a reason it's so valued. It's There's not a ton of it out there. So, you know, I'm looking at the ages of these guys. So, this is the starting rotation right now on the, on the fan graph depth chart, right? So, Sonny Gray, 34. Miles Mikolas, 35. Okay, Kyle Gibson, 36. Lance Lynn, 36 and a half. And Steven Matz, who's 32, but like he's been hurt so often that like, you know, he might as well be a mid-30s guy because he's just never stayed healthy. So, and then when he has been healthy, like, you know, the performance has been an issue. So, you know, just on like risk of injury and age, man, that's some scary stuff. Even though I do, I mean, and Sonny Gray is the youngest guy there that they signed. Another reason to like the deal, like, you know, again, like pretty, I thought that was a nice aggressive move. I mean, he's a top 10 free agent on our board this year. But yeah, like that's, just taking a glance at that, like that is precarious. Especially given like all uh, the talk they they did about having to shore this up. Yeah, that's what's rough. You know, I will say that when it comes to missing bats or not missing bats, the Cardinals should have a good defense. You've got Arenado, you've got Edmund, you've got, I think, uh, Gorman's a little bit raw, but I think he's got some potential. you got Goldschmidt. They should be okay with infield defense if you've got guys who can put it on the ground. Uh, Lance Lynn, not exactly a put-it-on-the-ground sort of guy. He's like a put-it-in-the-air and, and hope it comes down in the ballpark. But still, the Cardinals have a good defense. Their lineup, I look at it, and uh, they're the new squints. You know what I mean? They're the new squint, and you can see it. The Red Squints. Uh, well, the Red Squints, the St. Louis Squints. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Squint, you can see it. I don't hate this idea. I just don't. I could imagine being a Cardinals fan and going, uh, uh. You know, Mark, you made the point that, you know, the other teams are chasing, you know, they're, they're all chasing the same thing, right? But there's actually a good amount of swing and miss on the market. I mean, there's not, you know, it's not like one guy. It's not just Yamamoto. It's not just Blake Snell. You know, it wasn't just Aaron Nola. It wasn't just Sonny Gray. I mean, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, there's Corbin Burns, who's probably not, sounds like as of right now, probably won't get moved, but at least is like, they're listening. Dylan Cease, Tyler Glass now, uh, you know, Shota Imanaga uh, is going to be posted. You know, like there are more, it's easier to find a starting pitcher who can, you know, strike out a batter per inning than it was 10 years ago. Um, So for them to default to guys who, you know, kind of fit that older profile, I thought, you know, look, it's hard to break old habits. They like what they like. You you know who would have been a good fit for them? Jordan Montgomery. And I'm saying that half to be (laughs) cheeky, but half because it's true. You know what I mean? Like that, that was a good fit at the time. It was a good fit back last season and it was a good fit this season. But I'm guessing his price tag was just too 
too high after that postseason. Yeah, he's younger. Um, you know, he's younger. I think he hasn't like made the money that Sonny Gray made. You know, because Sonny Gray's like had he took some. I think it was a pre, not a pre-arb deal, but some sort of pre-free agency deal that like kind of set him up where it's like, hey, if he manages his life properly, he doesn't really have to worry about cash moving forward. Uh, whereas you know, Montgomery's gone through the arb system. He's like three years younger. He might be. I don't know how old is Montgomery. Yeah, I mean he's thirty. That's just that's just so different. When you're a thirty-year-old pitcher and you know Scott Boris is your agent, like you're not taking three seventy-five. Does Scott Boris represent writers? <laughs> My contract's up with the Athletic, and uh... <laughs> they have to be elite ones, Grant. Yeah, Ooh. no, that's what I'm talking about. Grant, are you a generational talent? I, I mean, I'm not not a generational talent. If Scott was representing you, you'd be a generational talent. What would he say about me? Oh, Would yeah. you what say that I, I can grant the athletic three wishes? Oh, maybe yes. some more. Yep. Go, keep um, going. Keep going. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Go you know, this. when you're tossing the brisbee around, you're yep. sure to catch it good, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay. okay. No, keep good. going. This is good. I feel uh, like this is the winter meetings preview already. Okay. This 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 uh, signing has a buzz around the arena, and it's coming from a brisbee. Oh, Exa- boy. I mean, keep going. Keep going. Hey, hot. Yeah, okay, my middle name is uh, Roger, so uh, Roger that. No, God damn it. Cut that. I didn't mean to announce that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep that in. Are you embarrassed about your middle name being Roger? Yeah, it's Michael's name. Oh, he's that's a, nice. Yeah, Uncle he was Roger. a he was a hippie up in Oregon. Passed away recently. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry to hear about that. <laughs> we dedicate this episode to Uncle Roger. Yeah, yeah. No, I, anyways, and to flinging the brisbee around, flinging the old brisbee around, huh? Let's go, baby. Um, yeah, I I could probably get like three three thirty if Boris were my agent. Like $30 bills? The teams are lining up for the ultimate Brisbee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, all right. Well, that, I think, killed that Cardinals discussion talking about me. It's early, man. The stove is on, but it's not buzzing just yet. I, one thing, you know, that I think is a little interesting is that um, we've kind of – there's been three relatively major pitcher signings. Of that, or three multi-year deal pitchers signings that I think have kind of in some ways uh, 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 set something of a market, right? So Aaron Nola's deal is uh, 7-172, Sonny Gray at 3-75, and then Kenta Maeda 2 for 24. So that's like you kind of, you know, those are three different tiers of type of players. You kind of have an idea, at the very least, of like what kind of the, the floor ceilings are. And so I think that at least provides something of a of framework. I do think, though, that, you know, one of the things that often – you see in this market is like in order to get someone at in November, right? You kind of got to jump. And so like, if you want Kyle Gibson, you got to pay him $10 million in November. Right. You know, like, and that's the, and, and so there are teams who would be interested in that type of player, but they don't want to jump, you know, and that pauses the market in in some ways. Like we sort of know where everyone's going to fit in within these barriers. We kind of see it at least on the pitching side, but it will take time, you know, for the aggressive clubs and the, you know, the patient clubs or whatever to, uh, you know, to, to sort of figure everything else out. So what's the premium they're paying then, right? Because like, you know, one for 10 in November is what later on? What's the difference? So if you go by the Fangraphs crowdsourcing, uh, their crowdsource has been pretty okay uh, so far. Uh, they had 112 for Gibson and he got 113. Right. Oh, he got thirteen. Yeah. Who, one, who got one, ten? Maybe it was Lance Lynn. One for thirteen. Lynn will hold on. He is he on the Lynn got eleven. Oh, what? Where am I looking at? I just had bad numbers. 
Yeah, well, let me go to the second page of the free agents by war. Gibson uh, got 10, according to baseball reference. Uh, the fa- the crowdsource for Lynn was 110. He got 111. So I guess the premium's an extra mil. That's his quote. You can get an extra mil. <laughs> you know what that's from. It's always like, it's always just, just certainty. Which, I mean, you know, yeah, right, right. And I, I don't, I, I feel like that shouldn't be totally underrated. But like, I get, you know, I mean, it's it's good. Like when you're broadcasting to the world, we need arms, right? Like it, it <laughs> certainly does kind of increase a little bit of pressure. So the certainty aspect of it can't be totally dismissed, right? Yeah, and it also frees you up to do other things. So, like, it, like just in terms of the mental space of thinking for, like, okay, do we want to make a trade here? Do we want to pursue this player? Blah 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 blah. You don't have to be, you know, constantly thinking about filling the the fourth and fifth spots. It's just certainty and allows you to maybe make you know more informed decisions down the road. So let's attack it this way: What kind of team would be interested in, say, like a Marcus Stroman and Eduardo Rodriguez, someone who might not be the best long-term investment but you know for the first year or two of their contract what kind of team would want a pitcher like that would it be a team with say older positional core with a closing window because that sure describes the cardinals you know what i mean like they maybe if, if who cares what the pitchers are doing in three years if goldschmidt and arenado are old or gone or whatever uh maybe now is the time to just throw caution in the wind and say no 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 we want the Kyle Gibson, but you want to step up, and that's Eduardo Rodriguez or something like that. Yeah, I just think that the price point for Eduardo Rodriguez is so completely different. Okay, but it's like you're talking about like a five-year contract, potentially. Yeah, but I mean, the Cardinals should pay it because last year was such a disaster. That's like, that's kind I of... I don't the, agree with that. You don't? No, okay. I don't. I, I, I don't. I mean, I just, I don't foresee, I don't want to lock in a number three, number four type starter for his downside years just because we were really bad last year right like i think though that if you are a team like the twins like the reds like you know maybe even the orioles who doesn't want to play at the in the yamamoto market but could probably use another arm someone like stroman would make sense you know someone like rodriguez would make sense where you're looking for you know mid rotation stability with you know upside especially in stroman's case where there's times where when he's healthy he's pitched like closer to a you know, an elite three type of number two. I don't know. I, I think those are the teams where if you're not going to, you're not going to spend, you know, 200 million or whatever it's going to take to get Blake Snell, but you need arms like that makes, those should be the teams in that sort of pool. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, do we know where Otani's going to sign yet? Uh, I mean, I <laughs> I've heard, but I can't say anything. I'm sworn to secrecy. Who knows, man. You I'm know, Man, the Twitter hijinks already with him is just like out of control. Like the the fakes and whatever, like the uh, ooh, we're here and stuff, and then nothing comes. By. Like it's just you knew it was gonna happen, and like you know, if the hot stove were just like Twitter nonsense about Otani, well, yeah, it is burning hot because it is everywhere. I don't see any of this. Like I don't. Maybe it's maybe it's possible to just like I don't cure. I've curated my feed so. Oh well. yeah, you've curated your feed. There's already been fakes. Like some knucklehead put a Dodger logo on a on a plane. You know, oh, the Dodgers. Team but how do you how do you see that? I'm a pizza eater. I have to oh, see this stuff. Right. Okay. Okay. Because okay. then I have to be the one to go. Hey, we're gonna read about this. And then yeah, hear the okay. eye roll on the other end of the phone. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Just checking. Like, you know, like I'm that person. Now. I just so, don't know how I don't come across any of this stuff. 
Well, good for you. Well, let's start a fake. Like, uh, <laughs> no, I heard. Let's not start. I a fake. heard that no. Elon Musk was using the Boring Company to go underneath Oracle Park to build a tunnel specifically for uh, Otani to to go in unseen, like from Chase Center to Oracle Park unseen, negotiate and go back out. I've heard that. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's get a temperature check on the, uh, on the Giants fan base. What's, what's the vibes? What, what, are they, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Lots of responses in all caps. Uh, <laughs> two, two beat reporters mentioning this. like They re-signed Cole Waits to a minor league deal, right? They DFA'd him because he needs Tommy John. He's still a reliever who, when he's healthy, can throw in the triple digits. People don't like that because he's not Otani. People are, how come other teams are making moves like they're going to be sated by Kyle Gibson, right? Like like if the Giants, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, they'd be like, yeah, attack that market. Like no one's really attacking the market. So it's dumb. It's dumb. That's the temperature. The temperature is dumb. Huh. So I think we we talked about this a little bit like last year, kind of with the judge thing when it seemed like, look, they're not going to get, they're going to try for judge and they're not going to get judge. If they don't land Otani, Right, which 
They probably won't because there are 29 other teams and, you know, he'll probably pick another team. If they don't land Cody Bellinger, I mean, do they have to sign Cody Bellinger? Essentially, are they in a position where they have to give Cody Bellinger $250 million and hope that he stays healthy? The only reason I am not finishing up my article on Cody Bellinger is because I'm talking to you knuckleheads. Um, but I'm writing about this right now where it's he's like grown in laboratory conditions to be the perfect fit for the Giants if not for his weird career arc and Scott Boris. But you're talking about an athletic, young, good defender and center, power. Like, he is exactly what the Giants need. It, like, two, just to a T. The only way he could be better is if he's, like, 24 or something. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big, big, uh, I think, pursuit. Um, I do think that Yamamoto, uh, the fans are excited about that possibility. And, you know, Zaidi was in, uh, was in Japan scouting him personally. So, I mean, you know that they're interested, interested. It's a tricky offseason to, I guess every offseason is tricky to like, well, build up hypes and then you come away and you've got Matt Chapman or something, right? But this is no different. It's You just know you're not going to get Otani, right? Maybe you do, but it's like, what, a 1% chance? It's probably more than that, but it's like, who knows? No one right. knows Nobody why. Nobody knows. No one knows where or why he's going to end up somewhere. Dude picked a, like, he had his choice of all 30 major league cities, and he chose the one that smells like convention centers. <laughs> you don't know what he's thinking. No, no. And that's, that is nuts when you think about it. Like, this is a guy who's hid in plain sight. The fact that still nobody's like, whoa, no one knows what this guy wants. Like, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I think it is without precedent. Honestly, you know, he's a player without precedent in so many ways and and his free agency is without precedent as well. I'm curious, Grant, have you started writing the Bellinger story? Yeah, absolutely. How many words is it at? What do we got? Uh, we are 610. You can stop. 600. Come on, man. 600 <laughs> words. That's just the intro. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> I will say when I was writing, when I was with SB Nation and I was writing, God, like five stories a day, right? I would use a thousand as my stopping point. It was just like I would crank out five, six, seven thousand word stories because that's the limits of what's humanly possible. But here I've got a little bit more time to breathe. And so I get my extra thoughts in, you know, my thoughts are interesting, baby. People pay for these thoughts. So I'm looking at 13, 1400, you know, that's my, so yeah. Feels excessive. No, because my thoughts are freaking, <laughs> people pay for my thoughts. What am I going to? What thought is there to have other than, man, this is terrifying to try and go out on a limb for this guy. And also the team kind of has to do it. Oh, I, I pat it all. I mean, look at all these extra words. Jesus um, I've got, uh, yeah, I'm taking uh, there's a joke. I probably don't need that. <laughs> I, I put a quote from well, the movie Contact. Don't need that. But staying in, baby, because that's my brand. I guess what I'm asking is, do you agree with my argument? I think I'm getting there, yeah. I mean, it's he's such a fascinating free agent. As confusing of a free agent as I've ever seen, and I'm not even sure if that's hyperbole, because you have a guy who, if he didn't have that bizarro, weirdo career arc, he would be getting, you know, everyone would be clamoring for him, but he had that arc. And then he had that year last year, but his exit velocity was way below the league average, like his barrel rate. But then his strikeout rate got way better. Like he's a bananas weirdo player. And then you add Scott Boris on top of it. It's fascinating. The thing about Bellinger is year to year, 
there will be such fluctuations in his offensive approach because that just seems to be the way he handles hitting, right? He is a tinkerer. And he clearly took his approach this year and was like, I am going to cut down on strikeouts, amp up contact. And so, yeah, the exit velocity went down. He also had his best season since he was the MVP, right? And I don't think that's an accident, right? Like there's very few players who you hear about who who like make a, a sort of targeted change like that. They get the results and you're like, oh, that's a fluke. It's like, no, this is an incredibly talented human being who, you know, is listening to, uh, you know, kind of a change of scenery or whatever. The problem is that like, if you get a 900 OPS season from him one year, there's no way you can bank on it for the next year. But if you get a 700 OPS season from him, he could easily be at 900 the next year, right? The Dodgers dealt with this, you know, when he was in the, in the, uh, you know, zero to three in the ARB system where it's like, you know, you just hope the defense stays elite. And so in some ways, right, like his floor is so high because if he can continue to play good defense in center field, right, like that's a really nice thing to have. But the offense just fluctuates in ways where like, ah, I don't know, like jumping in bed for seven, eight years. But like, again, the Giants just they got to do something, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 tricky. I'm trying to find the MLB trade rumors uh, staff projections for him and I'm having trouble pulling it up. But it it made me like, hold on. And I brewed a cup of coffee. I like waited for it and I, I let it cool for a second. And then I took a sip and then I spit it all over my computer screen because it was like, 10 years, 300 million or something. I'm going to I'm going to find it while we're talking. But it was it was it was like, okay, I'm assuming that you're going to get 7 years and you know 150. No, like it was a it was a big boy contract. I don't disbelieve that Boris is going to get it. It just made me do a double take cuz it was way out of line with what are I was expecting. Are you serious? Are you, like are you like is this hyperbole? Are you serious that that, that was the, the projection was I got to find it, it was it was a bananas projection. So I I'm gonna try and find it. I will say this: I had a conversation with with a scout during the uh, around the trade deadline, and the scout's team was was like looking at Bellinger, and so they asked him to just write write him up. The scout uh, was uh, was like looking at the you know Bellinger and kind of going like, well, like he's a plus defender, he's a plus runner, like he's got a plus arm, he you know, has like a 900 OPS. He's cut down on strikeouts. Like this guy, he's like one of the 10 best players in baseball if he's right. And I'm like, yes, he won the MVP when he was like healthy a few years ago and he's going to be 28 years old. Like it's totally reasonable, right? If you if you take out, you know, having kind of wrecked his shoulder and all the other, he had the kind of the Bart Simpson condition, right? Where they sent him to the doctor and he came back with all these different sort of ailments uh, for like two years. But if you take out that period of time, yeah, you're talking about a guy who like, would be talking about like Juan Soto type money in free agency. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what makes him so weird. Uh, let me see. Twelve years, two hundred and sixty-four million. No. I, well, I mean, but maybe. You no, know, no. I I kind of had that suspicion, but that's their projection. Uh, they do generally good work. You know, I mean, they're who's this? Uh, MLB trade rumors. Trade rumors had twelve years. Twelve years, two sixty-four. No. I no, think I that's high. I think that's hot. But I don't think it's too. I think the length, maybe. I mean, I wasn't expecting what Bogarts got last year. Like it, it seems like that deal is a little in vogue, spreading it out for the luxury tax. I guess. I just feel like though with Bellinger, if he gets that, there's an opt out after like three. Well, he's 28. It's, it's he's Boris. in a different age bracket than all these guys. Boris is not going to lock him down for for into his to age 40. 
Tim Britton's got it at uh, six and one sixty two. And and to Tim's credit, he freaking nailed. Yeah, he's funny gray deal, by the way. Like when he misses it, stuff like oh, someone got an extra year or whatever. So like, <clears throat> I'm gonna you know like that's who that is heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and that's what I was. It's Whoa. Like, like, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get more than that. I think he's gonna get more than that. I think it's somewhere in, the, in between. Like that's with with an opt out after year three or something. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean his position in the market, like all that stuff. Yeah, as like, the as the best hitter, as the yeah, possibly the best non Otani player on the yeah. market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so certainly in the conversation for that, and like, yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about free agency, right, none of this is rational. Right, like, and you you've quoted Friedman saying that before, and it's a great one. I, I, yeah, I was getting retweets the other day, uh, and I was like, oh, some 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 team signed someone. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but so that's what the Giants aspect of it, as as you kind of started this discussion with, is so intriguing to me because I think there is something to, you know, you got to do something for the for that. Like, it's one of the franchises where I feel like there's like a handful of franchises in the sport where they got to be healthy for the sport to be healthy, right? Like they got to be interesting for the sport to be the best it can be. And I think the Giants are one of them, okay? The ballpark, the market, their fan base. And and they have such a malaise there right now. And and I think Grant, like I'm giving Grant shit, like Grant has done such a great job, Andrew has too, of just like capturing that malaise, right? Like you guys have, have been really good about emphasizing it because it is a thing. So forget the rational part, dude. I'm, I, I totally agree. Like they got to do something and maybe this is it. And like, if it fits them to a T like better get it done. <laughs> Cause like, that's a franchise that like, I think for the good of the sport needs to be interesting. And certainly this is a player who's going to make a huge difference if they get them. They're playing in a market where they're in the shadow of two of the greatest sports talents of all time with Steph Curry and Brock Purdy. So it's like <laughs> they have, they have to, they have to, uh, no, but seriously, like the, the Warriors and Niners uh, are interesting. You know, the Warriors are doing their their thing where they're slow out of the gate. The Niners are, uh, they look unstoppable, like just freaking amazing. Uh, they're just going to just mow through the rest of the league all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that the Giants, that does count. That does, they're playing in a, a, a market where the other teams are really interesting. And they're not. They're aggressively uninteresting. You know what? I hadn't thought of it that way. And like the Bay Area is an event market. All right. It always has been, always will be. You better be relevant. This is not a place where you're going to get all those fans just showing up. Like, I think there was a ballpark effect for a while where that might have happened, like in, in pockets, but that's done with. So, yeah, that pressure is there. And like anyone from the Bay Area, you know this, right? Like, it, it's an events place. So, you, you know, you got to give those fans a reason to come to that park other than it's really pretty. You know, one thing I'll give the Giants credit for is that, um, Unlike the 49ers, they don't make excuses when they lose. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Just an excuse. It's just- they don't. They don't pretend. They don't pretend that like not blocking for your quarterback is like bad luck. Well, it's a terrible play. That's it. Listen, you had a, a, a second string tight end blocking one of the most fearsome rushers. Like, yeah, yeah no. they screwed oh, up. Man. They screwed up. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Variance. Oh, no. Like, you just, oh, man, how do we get so unlucky that we didn't have a good backup quarterback and but we didn't block people for get sacked in oh. every game and they don't blow out their UCL? Like, oh, come yeah. on. You know who that doesn't happen to is Jalen Hurts. Because he protects himself at all times. Uh, now you're jinxing. Protect him. Oh, now you're. Oh, that, that's I don't some, care. 
I'm going on my honeymoon shit. during the Super Bowl, so it doesn't matter. Are you really? Whose choice is that? Uh, it's mutual between my wife and I. Man, I really hope the Eagles are in it now. They are. They're the best team in the sport. They <laughs> win every week, which I, I thought was Go the point. I guess for the Niners, it was to like make excuses and have style points, but that's whatever. Where where are you going on your honeymoon? Uh, Vietnam. So they have TVs there. I'll watch the birds, you know, lose to Patrick Mahomes again. <laughs> 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 Just be Fair furious enough. for a day. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Hey, good news is for the fans, right? So the birds are playing the Niners this weekend, and Grant and I are going to have some sort of friendly wager that uh, we need to sort out soon. Would it be worthwhile to open it up to the roundtable heads? Of and course. best suggestion of wins, and we'll do it. Because we're doing two shows next week. I got a lot of emails uh, last week, throughout the week, about where the roundtable merch was. Did you uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I no. put it in my mailbag, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I got you know some nice words, too. Like People like, hey, I, you know. Uh, just I, I love reading your stuff so it was very very nice and, and thank you for that and what's the turnaround on that stuff we gotta like rock that in, in nashville no i mean uh well we're some no we don't have really have time for that the winter meetings start on sunday dude dog on it does like doing something with my face like a like a handlebar mustache for the rest of the winter meetings does that move the needle at all it does for me i just can't do that i can't grow a beard so we got to find some. So for the roundtable heads out there, please, please tweet at Mark Carrig oh, or <laughs> email gbrisby at theathletic.com if you have suggestions <laughs> for how we should handle our Eagles Niners bet. We have two shows. Two shows next week. Yeah, I'm excited about Very that. Very exciting. In Monday person. And Wednesday in person. Yeah. Uh, we might have some guests. Because I'm usually Ooh. like, you know, I'm, I'm when I log on. I'm just sitting there. This is great. But I, I want to know what like Andy smells like. <laughs> That's constantly going through my head. Like, what is, what is, does Mark bathe in axe? I don't even know. Like, Mark, are you bathing in axe like a 16 year old going to a homecoming dance? Wait, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> I miss his musk, man. I miss yeah. his musk. Shit, did I age out and not know it? Yeah. I would Damn say it. when I'm on the road, I smell like Old Spice and uh, the impossible breakfast sandwich at uh, Starbucks. Yeah. I remember I think traveling I had, on the road, man. I had about 30 of those during the postseason. Did you really? Yeah, that's just my go-to breakfast. You know, it's healthy. It's a healthy. I don't See, I miss those. You're I, like I eating those. a laboratory yeah. when you're eating one of yeah, those. Yeah, and it's bad. No, I'm I'm slowly dying. <laughs> no, I, I smelled like Taco Bell and um, imposter syndrome when I was on the road. So. so what do you think? Like winter meet, we only got like five minutes left. What do you think is going to happen at the winter meeting? Let's just do like a quick like a lightning round table uh, where do you think Otani is going to sign during the winter meetings? I'm just going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say no. That's going to be my. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Okay. What about Yamamoto? Well, it's been reported that Yamamoto is going to wait till after the winter meetings. So we shall see. I mean, I think I don't have any read on Otani whatsoever, right? But it would feel like considering he's kind of in control and he can probably pick kind of, you know, I, I don't, because of the way it seems like the negotiations are, are operating where it's sort of like, hey, make an offer and, you know, we'll see if we're interested. He probably ha might have a sense of what he's looking for. Um, and so, I don't know. It feels like the best, the biggest stage for it is just do it in the middle of the, you know, do it in the middle of the show. Um, but who knows? That's just a guess. Like, with everything with Otani, it's just a guess. That's a guess for my own mental stability so we have something to write, <laughs> you know? 
Um, and that, and that will also like, you know, it, it kind of like unplugs the drain on the market and everything can kind of flow from there. Yeah. I just, he's such a unique free agent that it's, I don't know. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of it. Like he can wait until February and just like, I just like, he, you know, potentially because, uh, he, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't That's know. That's like so 2018 though. And then like, aren't we past all that crap? I would think right? so. Remember how I got like really tired? Like oh, I so think about Bryce, Bryce Harper. But that wasn't Machado. again. That we talked about this briefly. That wasn't because of Harper and Machado, right? Per right. Se. That was because teams were not interested right. in making offers at the level that it was going to take to sign them. That's right. Right. And I think that if Bryce Harper, if the same version of Bryce Harper, the same age, would have hit the market like last winter, he could have gotten that deal on December 1st rather than like March 1st or whatever it ended up being. I think that was just a time and place. It was the era of fake austerity where all the teams were, you know, pretending they you know, weren't making money and stuff like that. It's almost like the teams were colluding. Together? Oh, hey, hey, whoa, we're pro labor, but we are not pro lawsuits. <laughs> Speculation, we do not have the budget for that. No. Yeah, I we're not pro libel, <laughs> right? <laughs> the pro libel. Well, actually, it wouldn't be libel, It'd would be it? Slander. Like, thank you, slander. Sorry, it would be libels written, dummy. No, but that was that was just a different that was just a different time. Like, that was you know, that that was kind of the mode, and I think it you know credit to some of these owners like you know john middleton peter seidler uh you know who just were like that's stupid let's sign good players let's sign it quicker i think middleton saw what a victory it was to get harper and was like let's do this but let's do it three months earlier you know and i think some other teams have taken you know followed suit and and you know what like we were kind of uh we were kind of bagging on the cardinals a little bit because we're not like crazy about you know what they've done but look Give them credit for being aggressive and going out there and 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 making moves and not you know just sort of defaulting to like oh let's just use our farm system to to backfill this. And back to the Cardinals point real quick because like this is where sequencing matters. If they had signed Sonny Gray first and then backfilled with the other two guys, it's a whole different conversation, right? In fairness to them, the so. Gray deal was great. I I love the Gray deal for them. Yeah, uh, for sure. Keeping with the lightning round, just real quick, just first team that comes to your mind. Otani signs during the winter meetings. It's with the so Dodgers. Dodgers. What about you, Andy? Rangers. Texas Rangers. I'm going Giants. I I don't care. I'm kind of feeling it a little bit. Like I just. Can I have a second choice? Sure. Colorado Rockies. <laughs> Dude, that would rule. That would rule. I'm a, a Brewers. You know, just, just <laughs> yeah. Just like no, we're not rebuilding. All those reports are wrong. We got Otani. Like, eat it, Council. Here comes my second Otani. choice. The joke. Angels. I mean, I, honestly, the incumbent always has an advantage. I actually think they do in this case, right? And we've talked about this. We've said this from the beginning. We, like, dude, there's there's not a price tag you can put on knowing exactly what you're going to get yes. if you're Shohei Otani. Okay, so like that. Let's not underrate that. He like they he knows that he is the assistant GM of the ball club for for as long as he's wearing a uniform, and that's not nothing. Yeah. And, you know, we say we don't know what he wants. Maybe he, and this is like not snark, but like creature comforts. Just knowing what totally. what you're going to get day to day, that is very important to some people. Like very, very important. So I don't know. Well, you know what? He has earned this right by reaching free agency. And for that, we salute him. Uh, and Grant, I wish you the best of luck in your free agency as well. Thank you very much. Thank the you very ultimate much. Brisbee. The ultimate Brisbee. Come on, come on. Let's go, let's go. All right, so this has been episode 75 of The Roundtable. 
We'll be back next week. We have two shows next week. Two shows from the winter meetings. Uh, we got, I mean, am I going to spoil it by saying that the, the barbecue boys are going to be making another appearance? I don't think that's a spoiler because no one cares. They don't have anything else to do. I mean, so it depends if I can get there in time for a preschool pickup. <laughs> That's and different, though. I'm going to... I have flashcards. Uh, one's got Jake's picture on it next to his name, and one's got Jordan's picture on it next to his name, and I'm going to go, okay, Jake, Jordan, Jake, Jordan. <laughs> so I'll be ready, man. I'll be prepared. Ah, Brian, we will have juice boxes. Yeah, baby. They seem like the kind of guys who turn the Capri Sun upside down and go boom, which is oh, just for sure. Oh, 100%. Sure. Chaotic uh, evil. All right. This has been episode 75 of the Roundtable. Back next week, twice. We'll talk about baseball because that's what we do. See you then. I was very wrong. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.